Hello, and welcome back to the Brown Girl White Coat podcast. This is one of your co-hosts, Alana Bryant, and today I have a guest. Her name is Dr. Miranda Huffman. She is one of my former professors, personal favorite, if we're being completely honest, and she's a family physician who is honestly just a living example of what it means to maintain your best self for both you, for yourself, and for others. We're going to chat about hobbies in medicine, how to swap out work-life balance for work-life integration, which I thought was incredibly interesting. And there's even a few great reads and movie recommendations sprinkled in. This is my first episode, so please bear with me if I'm stuttering or if I'm stumbling upon my words. I was nervous. I'm going to get better, God willing. And I really hope that you enjoy. Hi, Dr. Huffman. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself before we get started? Sure. Um, So I am a family physician currently living in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I was born and raised in Ohio. Um, I'm originally from Defiance, Ohio. So if you've ever seen uh, the TV show Scandal, it's that, Defiance, Ohio. Um, It's a small town in northwestern Ohio. Um, And then... Yeah. And then uh, it's, you know, it, it's a site of um, some historical forts um, and um, has really great pie, but that's about all that it's known for. Um, and then um, ended up going to high school in the Dayton area. Um, and then I went to Neomed, which is a six-year combined BAMD program. Um, and I went to Kent State for my undergrad, and then I was four years into the six-year program and thought that I had made a very big mistake by deciding to be a physician, and so I actually left. I took a one-year leave of absence, and during my one-year leave of absence, I um, studied medical education. I provided some administrative support to um, my med school's dean's office when they were doing a curriculum revision, Um, and I began to see how really broken medical education is um, and how there is this whole study of human learning um, and how we can um, create environments that allow people to learn effectively and none of that had made its way into medical education. Um, and so I came back and thought, I don't know what I want to do, but I you know, need to figure something out here. Um, so I started my clerkships, um, pretty quickly realized I wanted to be a family physician Um, did my residency at the University of Michigan so that I could see what a big academic health center was like. Um, And then I did uh, two years of full spectrum family medicine in the South Chicago suburbs um, and loved the practice of the medicine, but didn't like where I lived and didn't really like my partners um, and realized that I needed to get into academics. So then I spent seven years in the University of Missouri, Kansas City, um, did some great work with the medical school and the residency program there, made some wonderful colleagues and friends and have gotten to see some wonderful people grow into some great doctors. Um, And then uh, two years ago, I joined Meharry Medical College. Um, And then personally, um, just had my 13th wedding anniversary with my husband, who is not a physician. Thank you. Um, And we have a three-year-old daughter who is totally fabulous um, and a black pug who I got before I started my intern year. So he is uh, 14 years old. Oh, Um, he's riding, huh? Yeah, yeah. And his name is Coop and he's named after C. Everett Coop. Do you have any idea who C. Everett Coop is? 
I do not. Yeah. So he's, the, he's the surgeon general that came out and said, smoking is bad for you. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I feel like that's something that I should know, but uh, no, I do. yeah, yeah, no, it's like a random trivia thing. So um, <laughs> when I was a kid, he was on commercials. Um, and so people my age kind of sort of know who he is. People older than me um, absolutely know who he is, but um, that's my, Love that's that. me. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing. Lots of schooling, lots of education, lots of learning that I have kind of been looking forward to myself too. Yeah. Okay. So today's topic is work-life balance in medicine. And again, this is Dr. Miranda Huffman. And the first question that I have is a zombie apocalypse breaks loose and you have two minutes to evacuate. Mm -hmm. What do you grab to bring with you? Mm -hmm. Wow. That's so hard because, um, so Last week, I was helping my mom clean out her house. And then this weekend, I was going through and cleaning everything out of my house. Um, mm-hmm. So can I assume that my husband, my daughter, and my dog are safe? Because yes. if not, then, <laughs> then it would totally be those three things. Um, so I have um, scrapbooks from high school that my grandma made for me um, oh, that wow. I would grab. Um, and then um, I have... Um, a piece of stained glass that my great grandpa made for me. And then I have a box of my daughter's baby clothes, some of which were my baby clothes. So those would probably be like my three things that I would want to have. Um, oh my of, gosh. Of wow. My life. So, so yeah. beautiful and sentimental because yeah. my thing well, would be like, like flaws. <laughs> yeah. No, I, you know, I, it's like um, my computer like everything that's on my computer is available on iCloud. So True. like, let's be honest, if there's a zombie apocalypse, like I'm either never going to be able to use my computer again, or we'll take care of it. And then everything will still be in the cloud someplace. Fair um, enough. Who needs personal hygiene? Right. So, Honestly, that's awesome. Yeah. No, maybe also a diet Coke. Um, okay. Although I try not to keep those in my house. So I don't drink too much of it. Guilty pleasure. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. 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 Okay. Um, so what does work-life balance mean to you? Yeah. So I don't think it's possible to ever have your work and your home life in balance. So I think about work, work work-life integration. Um, so, um, for me, um, I, um, both my husband and my daughter need to understand that I'm a physician and that that's my passion and it's a huge part of my identity. So when people say, who are you? I lead with, I'm a family physician because that's a huge part of who I am. Um, It stimulates me intellectually. um, It stimulates me spiritually and it's part of how I move in this world and it's part of what I love. Um, And so I think part of my husband's role is to be the husband of a physician And I think part of my daughter's role in this world is to be the daughter of a physician. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, that's no different than if she was the daughter of a small business owner like I am, um, or the daughter of a pastor, the daughter of a famous baseball player. You know, um, there's certainly many, many professions out there that impact the children. So I think that's part of her life. Um, I do want to make sure that what she sees of my work is my passion um, okay. that she sees the good that I'm able to do. Um, so when I leave for work every morning, uh, well, when we had a, the first year, my daughter was home with a nanny and now she's in daycare. Um, okay. but if I have to go to work, my husband always says, goodbye, mommy, go help people. Um, because Love that's, that. that's, yeah, right. He came up with that all by himself. Um, so, um, you know, that, that's how, um, that's how I want her to see it. And that's how my husband sees it as a, it's part of who I am. 
Um, I don't want to work in an environment and I don't want to work in such a way that I come home and I'm not my best version of myself. Um, on the flip side, I don't want to show up to work and be anything less than a great physician. Um, and so it was important to me to have a partner that supported my pursuits. Um, so we met when I was a third year medical student and married when I was a second year resident. And so, okay. you know, he was obviously very comfortable with that. Um, and, um, you know, we've had to navigate what that looks like as a marriage. He's also um, a very professionally high achieving. Um, even though he's not a physician, he still really wants to work and sees his role as um, contributing to the world. He helps small business owners to grow their businesses. That's his passion. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. So moving into, you said you don't, not necessarily believe in balance, but you prefer yeah. to, to. It's just all one big mess. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I feel like work-life balance communicates that like, here's where I work and here's the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't go to work and magically stop being Betty's mom. Um, Ooh, I don't sure. come home and magically stop being Dr. Huffman. Um, like it's all me. It's all part of my life. I want it all to blend together um, and be happy together. So um, if I could use a cooking analogy, it's much more like a curry than a BLT. Right. Okay. So like BLT is like everything yeah. is very clearly defined. You can see everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, everything is kind of stacked up there. Um, a curry, everything's just kind of like messed together and meld. And so that's how I want my life to be. I want it to be more curry, less BLT. I love that definition and kind of that frame of mind is really important because a lot of people separate their work and their mm -hmm. life. Whereas mm -hmm. in the life of medicine, I mean, kind of medicine is also a big part of your life. So yeah. Love yeah. that. That's and great. not in a bad way. I yeah. love being a doctor. It's good. Right. Of course. Yeah. Of course. So how do you notice that you're kind of feeling like you're not integrating your life um, and your job together? Mm -hmm. So if you notice that you're struggling, where does that more so manifest? Yeah. So um, this is where having a life partner that you have empowered to be honest with you is really important. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, you know, my husband is very comfortable with telling me when I'm not okay. Um, and he is usually willing to tell me that I'm not okay before I'm willing to acknowledge and accept that I'm not okay. Um, mm -hmm. So it certainly doesn't have to be a husband. It could be a parent, a good friend, um, a colleague, um, but having somebody that's willing to be honest with you is important. And then I, I also find so my daughter's three right now. Um, and she is a glorious human being who is her own person with her own personality and her own wishes. And that is what I wish for her as she grows up. But on a day-to-day -day basis, it's exhausting. Um, I can only and, imagine. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I find that when I'm bringing my work stuff home, I don't have tolerance for parenting her the way I want to parent her. So I want okay. to parent her um, with open communication and with honesty. And um, I, I want her to be allowed to to do whatever wild and crazy stuff that she wants to do. And when I'm exhausted from work, I want her to be compliant. I want her right. to get in the car seat. Um, I want her to eat her cereal and then move on with her day. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not fair because she's three and I want her to be her own person. Um, and, and then at work, um, what I find is that um, my quality goes down. Um, so when I'm working with patients, um, that you know people will share something and I'll be less open to engaging in what's going on with them. Um, okay. So they'll share something 
personally, and I won't have the space to feel empathy towards that. Mm -hmm. um, so um, I, I won't care um, in, in the way that I want to care. Um, and then I also don't find that I have the energy to do things that I'm interested in, I'm passionate about. So I don't want to read, I don't want to learn, um, I don't want to accept opportunities to mentor. Um, and mm -hmm. so, um, you know, again, it's whenever I'm not good at my job, I'm not a good wife, I'm not a good mom, um, I'm not a good doctor, I'm not a good educator. Um, right. And that tells me that something is off kilter. Okay. Well, I feel like those are great signals to have. And it's yeah. also really good self-awareness because I know that a lot of, I don't come from a family of medicine. So I do but, not either. Okay. So what I've yeah. heard is that, you know, sometimes children feel like they never got to see their parents and when mm -hmm. they did parents they were stressed out and stressed yeah. out so I'm glad that you are able to kind of facilitate the life that allows your daughter and your husband to be open and happy and spend as much time with you as they can yeah and I, there are definitely children of physicians that resent their parents career mm -hmm. my experience when I speak with um older children of physician friends now is it kind of depends on how happy their parents are. Um, so one of the things that when I'm talking with students and they're trying to decide what career they want, um, people think a lot about which specialty has the best lifestyle. Um, now I'm certainly, you know, my life as a family doctor compared to a neurosurgeon's life, like totally different. So there, there are some right. um, that, are, that are definitely outliers there. Um, but ultimately, it doesn't matter whether you are a dermatologist or a radiologist or an anesthesiologist, there's going to be emergencies in medicine. There just are. It's, we're yeah. dealing with human beings um, and, and there's going to be bad things that happen. Your technology is going to go down, whatever. And you're going to miss your kid's soccer game. Um, you're going to be late to the parent-teacher conference. Um, you're going to let them down. Um, just that, that is the nature of medicine. Um, and so I, I think your children are much more accepting of that if they don't think that you hate your life. Ooh. And so if you really want to be a um, plastic surgeon and instead you choose to become an anesthesiologist and every day you go to work as an anesthesiologist and you hate your life um, and you're miserable and you're unhappy um, and you're home with your kids at 4 or 4.30 every night, um, anesthesiologists tend to work really early in the morning to a little bit earlier in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. um, and you're miserable, they're always going to resent your job. Um, if on the other hand, you know, you're a um, general surgeon and you get home at seven o'clock, but you're happy and you're excited and you're energized, um, they're going to like that parent a lot better than the parent that, um, you know, is miserable all the time. So don't, don't be miserable for your children. It's Good not worth point. it. Yeah. So a really big part of the integration is also enjoying what you do. And I wonder if that is something that contributes to the stress that gets burdened on a family or feeling like you're, you know, out of whack and not giving your all into different aspects of your life. Right. So what exactly do you do to make you happy? And mm -hmm. what do you like to do in your free time? Yeah. So um, I am a big fan of exercise. That's something that my husband and I started right after we got married. Um, so we got married when I was a second year resident and we had no money, um, like no disposable income. Um, right. Okay. But we, um, we got a gym membership and we actually hired a personal trainer. And oh, that, wow. that was like all of our entertainment budget. Like we didn't go out to eat. We didn't go to movies. Um, we went to the gym um, okay. and that's what we did. And all of our friends were at the gym and like, we literally spent Friday nights of every res, <laughs> my whole residency. If I wasn't on call, we were at the gym. 
Um, and, really? um, yeah. And so th- that's always just been a part of our life. Um, we're both, we're both oldest children. We're both very naturally competitive. Um, so we compete and about a year ago we got a Peloton. So now we complete about with the Peloton. Um, you know, we, uh, once my daughter is old enough to either stay by herself or once we feel comfortable with daycare, we'll go back to the gyms and do the weightlifting. Um, but if I don't get my heart rate up and exercise and use my body in physical ways, that also makes me mean. Um, so I have to exercise regularly. Um, and then, um, I love stories. Um, so I love getting lost in, um, novels or really good TV series. And actually they don't even have to be that great of TV series, just a a story (laughs) that interests me. Um, the novels have to be pretty good. Although I will say, um, super like the kind of literature that you study in English class, not really my game. Um, so, um, a little bit more popular. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always like, oh, I should read this thing. And I start reading it. I'm like, no. They're just I'm, awful. Yeah, I'm doing this for enjoyment. Um, so um, yeah, so reading is a very important thing to me. Um, and then I really like to cook. Um, so um, it, it is definitely, um, it's, it's fun for me to be able to prepare food to nourish myself. And um, I enjoy going to the farmer's market and getting whatever seasonal and come home and figure out how to throw it all together. That is absolutely awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I also like to cook, but I am not good at it. I think that's the balance that I kind of have to find. So, you know, I will say, I, do you come from a family of cooks? No. Okay. And see, I, I, so my dad's side can cook, but my mom's side, like (laughs) growing up like I ate mac and cheese, ramen noodles, craft Mm -hmm. spaghetti. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like, it's funny. I'm like, what did we even eat? We just had carbs for my entire childhood. (laughs) Um, and so I, I had to teach myself. Um, but you know, the big thing is just get a cookbook and follow a recipe and, um, you'll get better at it with time. So now it's, it's fun. Um, it's fun to be able to make pretty much anything without a recipe. Which is nice. Will do. Definitely yeah. will do. Do you also have any recommendations on books to read or books that you've really enjoyed? Um, so um, let's see. What books have I read recently that I really enjoyed? Okay. So um, I am, uh, it just finished like 15 minutes ago, um, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. So okay. Elizabeth Gilbert wrote um, uh, Eat, Pray, Love. Yes. Uh, which was really, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was really popular a few years ago. Um, and this is a new book of hers and it talks about creativity, which is not really a thing that I was super interested in medicine. Um, but her attitude towards creativity really resonated with me, um, and really inspired me about being willing to take chances. Um, so, and, um, you know, she is a novelist. That's her core thing. Um, even though, uh, you pray love and then this was more of an advice thing. I, the other advice thing that I think everybody should read, um, is I think everybody should read Untamed, um, by Glennon Doyle. Um, I think that's, pretty fabulous. Um, I am trying to think of the name of the book that I'm reading right now. That's actually really good. Um, I've started getting more stuff from the library. So I have left less guilt if I walk away from something. Oh, um, educated. I listened to that book. That was absolutely phenomenal. Everybody should read educated. Um, and then, uh, American dirt is what it was. Um, that was about, um, Mexican uh, refugees. Um, So they were a victim of crime in Mexico and ended up having to take the trains to get into the United States. And it was just, oh, wow. Yeah. It makes you really kind of like more sensitive to things that are going on that are outside of your world. So 
Okay. Yeah. So I'm definitely, I've been reading a lot lately. <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. tell, but that's awesome. That's a perfect yeah. quarantine kind of wind down. Yeah. If you may. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Um, so this next question kind of toggles off on you just kind of like to watch anything that kind of yeah. interests you. Um, mm -hmm. What's the last thing that you watched on TV and why did you watch it? Um, <laughs> well, so like technically the last thing I watched on TV is I put Frozen 2 on while I was exercising last night <laughs> to try to pass up by my daughter. Okay. Um, and then I think technically the last thing I looked at at the TV was my husband had the football game on before I went to bed. Mm -hmm. um, but the last thing that I actually sat down and watched was Away on, from Netflix. Um, okay. So are you familiar with that at all? I am not. Okay. So it's, uh, it's about a team that's going to Mars. Um, oh. And so it kind of follows the astronauts in Mars and then what's going on in their home situation. Um, and, you know, again, because I'm all about things that explore people's stories. It's a really interesting exploration of people's stories. So okay. um, my husband and I tend to have pretty divergent taste in television. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so it's one of the shows that we're actually watching together right now. Um, that is awesome. Away. Okay. I'll yeah. have to check that out too. Yeah. It's pretty good. I like it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So the next question is what inspires you? And when you're not feeling inspired, what helps re-kick it up? Mm -hmm. So um, I think what inspires me and I, I kind of see myself as um, both a physician and an educator. Um, so I will say what inspires me as a physician is watching people decide to take ownership of their life. Um, so, um, you know, this morning we were talking about diabetes and there was a discussion about like, do people ever come off of insulin? And it's like, yes. And that always mm -hmm. inspires me when it happens. Um, you know, when you have people that have smoked for 30 years and they decide to quit smoking, um, you know, and, and that, that happens often in family medicine. Um, so it doesn't happen every day. It doesn't even happen every week. Um, but there are so many people who just decide that they want to feel better and do things to make themselves feel better. And so it's easy to go back and continue to help people make positive changes when you see that sometimes it actually works, which is super awesome. Uh, and then I will say um, from an education piece, um, when I see people discover what they want their life to be um, and take the steps to do that. So, you know, it's not necessarily just a specialty choice. It's a way that they can um, have their work be a good part of their life. Um, so again, you know, it's kind of discovering that this is really what I want to do. Um, what I really want to do is... Um, improve healthcare in Haiti. What I really want to do is um, start a podcast. Um, what I really want to do is, um, you know, use technology to improve people's health. Um, so mm -hmm. whatever it is that um, inspires people. Um, I love, I love watching people grow into their best version of themselves. Yeah, that's absolutely awesome. And I feel like that's such a quality trait to have as a physician is to yeah. not only want to quote unquote, heal your patients, but for them to want it for themselves too. Yeah. And it's also a kind of a big part of medicine is, you know, adhering to your medications and yeah. making sure that you're doing what you can in your lifestyle to prevent, you know, disease and anything that you have going on. So that is really awesome. Yeah. I always have to remind myself that um, it's the patient's life. It's not my life. Mm -hmm. And I can never care more than the patient cares. Um, true. So, yeah. True. I kind of find myself... I mean, I obviously don't have patience yet, but right. I feel like that is the scenario that would kind of happen to me is that, yeah. you know, 
even from my family, it's like, you know, you have to quit smoking or you have to quit mm-hmm. drinking and I yeah. want it more for them than they do. Right. And yeah. it's hard to kind of separate the. Remove the stress that kind of gets placed on us when things don't go the way that we want them to. Yeah. I find it helpful to remember that everybody is their own autonomous person and that's what I want them to be. And that's what I want for them. And that's what I hope for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so autonomous people can shoot heroin. Autonomous people can have unprotected sex. Autonomous people can eat McDonald's for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, and so I, I don't want the alternative. Um, even though I don't always like the consequences of the bad choices people make. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Jeez, medicine can be so heavy because you have it to can. see these things and then yeah. you come home to your family or yeah. just go to the next patient. And I can only imagine, you know, yeah. how burdensome it can become. Yeah. Okay, so the next question is, what does a week in your life typically look like? Mm-hmm. So that's hard because right now I'm in between jobs. Um, oh, okay. So yeah. Um, so I uh, can talk about what it was like at my previous. Whichever you want. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't really know for sure what it's going to look like moving forward. So okay, understandable. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So um, I will say that, um, like in a given day, um, one of the pandemic pluses for us is that instead of getting to work at about 7.30, I've started getting to work at about 8.30. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have not set an alarm in a really long time, which is fabulous. Wow. Um, so we all just kind of like wake up at seven o'clock and then get out the door at 7.45, drop my daughter off at daycare and then get mm-hmm. to work by about 8.30. Love um, that. And then um, my schedule um, of seeing patients, um, meet with my team for a little bit, see patients for a little while, um, and then during my downtime, keep up on emails, keep up on reading, um, watch any videos that I would like to watch, um, and then um, leave work no later than 4.40 so that I can pick my daughter up and bring her home by uh, daycare closes at 5 o'clock since COVID, which is been hard. It's hard to get out by 4.40 every day. Um, And if I can't, then my husband's able to pick her up. Um, And then um, during the week, my dinner is usually um, pre-seasoned meat and pre-chopped up bagged vegetables. Um, So either grill or instant pot the meat um, and then uh, roast or steam the vegetables. Um, And that's dinner usually Monday through Friday. Such an easy and quick way to get you know, quality food into yeah. a schedule. Yeah. And I really enjoy cooking, but like, you know what? It's just, it's, Some I've days. got other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then uh, evening is usually my husband and I fighting over who gets to go on the Peloton bike in which order. Um, and um, then uh, fighting over who has to put my daughter down. Um, and okay. should, it's not really fighting. Um, just, you know, bick- I know bickering can competing. be a job. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Um, and then um, Saturday and Sunday, usually at least one day, it's a very nice brunch. Um, and then um, going someplace outside. Um, so we've really enjoyed being able to explore all of the parks. Um, I am going to buy a kayak sometime soon here um, and start doing oh, wow. kayaking. Yeah. Um, so, um, and then uh, my husband and I, even pre-COVID, are pretty boring. Um, perfectly happy to like get good takeout and watch a movie um, on a Friday or Saturday night. So we we're trying to do date nights pretty regularly, and we'll probably get back to that at some point in time. But 
Um, That's great. Yep. Pretty boring. Yeah, I'm a pretty boring person too. I'm definitely yeah. a homebody. If I could stay in my house forever, mm-hmm. I probably would. Yeah. But totally understand the takeout and movie. That is yeah. like my dream date night. <laughs> I love living in the city so I can walk to everything that I would do. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I, I like very much see that at some point in time in my life, I want to live in the middle of nowhere with like wide open spaces so that I can never leave my house. So love that. Maybe get some horses or something yeah. to frolic. Goats. In my husband was a, a goat farmer before we got Really? So, mm-hmm. He has uh, birthed about as many goat babies as I have human babies. Okay. That's insane. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Right? Really? I know. Isn't that such a fun fact? Um, he's way more interesting than me in terms of what he's done in his life. <laughs> so, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Okay, so you kind of answered this um, in the intro, but just in case I didn't get like enough content, the next question is, what is your favorite thing about medicine? So my favorite thing about medicine is um, I love to learn. I love new information. Um, When I think back to what I liked when I was a kid, um, it was reading. Um, I just couldn't get my hands on enough books. I wanted to learn everything. I loved Mm -hmm. going to school um, so that I could learn everything. Um, So I love, and I'm just going to pick one thing. So hepatitis C, when I was born, um, we did not know what hepatitis C was. So when I was born, it was called non-A, non-B hepatitis. Um, So we knew how to test for A and B, um, but we did not know how to test for hepatitis C. Um, And now it is a curable disease. And so that is fascinating to me that over the course of my lifetime, and I'm not that old, um, that that you can cure this disease. Um, And I I love even things like our treatment goals for people with hyperlipidemia continue to change over time. Um, So you're constantly having to relearn things, rewire your neuronal networks. Um, You know, I I love that my attitudes towards different diseases has shifted over time. Um, So my understanding of addiction as as a disease, chronic pain as a disease, those are different now than they were when I finished residency uh, 11 years ago now. Okay. Um, so I, um, I, I like that learning, but I would not enjoy being in a field where I learned in isolation. Um, okay. So I, um, you know, when I was a medical student, I always wanted to sit with one or two other people and learn together and teach each other and bounce off of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love that I'm learning all this along with my patients. Um, and so they bring forward their stories, their experiences, um, their needs, their worries, their insecurities. Um, I bring forward my knowledge, my knowledge, and it's this dance together um, to try to help them to achieve their goals. Um, and so, um, you know, I, again, I don't think that I would be happy working in one of the fields where you're just helping people achieve their goals without that science part and that learning and that deep study. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't be happy in a world where I was just learning um, without that experience with another human being. Um, But I truly love going into exam room 
closing a door with another person. And in that moment, we have one goal, which is to help that person live their best life possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And the fact that people will share so much of their heart, so much of their goals, um, and you get to watch people achieve these wonderful, magnificent, fabulous things um, because of all of your knowledge, because of um, everything that you've done and everything that all of medicine has done. It's it's really awesome. Um, It's a very sacred experience. I love it. Yeah, medicine is absolutely incredible. That it is. That is definitely something to hold on to. Yeah. I know that obviously medicine is like an ever-changing field and it's not really something that I or at least I hope it's not something a lot of people get bored of, but yeah. It is do you ever find it hard to keep up with the changes that happen in medicine? Um, not really because I'm very comfortable with not knowing everything. Um, so I think part of being a family physician is you have to acknowledge that you're not going to know everything about your field. Um, and so like, uh, for example, I have just decided that I'm not going to learn the antifungals. Um, (laughs) so, um, you know, if somebody has, uh, something that is fungal, I have to go look it up. I, I honestly can't tell you for most stuff. Um, whether you even do oral or topical. And I have no idea what the dosing or the frequency. So anytime I see anything fungal, I just go look it up. And I tell my patients, I'm like, I've just decided I'm not learning antifungals. Um, And and, and nobody has ever like fired me as their doctor because I don't know the antifungals. Um, And I'm still board certified not knowing the antifungals. Um, So that's just a thing that I've decided is not going to stay in my brain. Um, And so I'm very comfortable with looking information up. Um, The other thing that I like about family medicine is um, you've got time. Um, So, um, you know, I like that if somebody comes in with something and I can't quite figure it out, we can guess and get some stuff started um, and then see where things go. Um, So, um, you know, my job is really to say, do I think this is something common that's probably going to go away and I'm not going to need to do anything about it? Or is this something bad? Um, And if it's something common, then it's my job just to kind of watch it. Um, And if it's something bad, um, then, you know, my job is to get people back and figure it out sooner rather than later. Gotcha. I wish that our pharmacology professor professor would say, yeah, you don't need to learn antifungals without failing us. <laughs> not in no, you would, I, I guarantee you, you will not fail medical school if you do not know the antifungals. And you may, <laughs> you might fail a weekly quiz, but you're not going to fail like a semester long quiz. You're not going to fail the NBME if you just decide you're never going to learn antifungals. Um, so I, I think one of the problems with medical school is we, we teach you that you have to know hundred percent of the things and that's like not true. Um, so, um, you need to know 70% because 70% is deemed competent. Um, and okay. so it, it is okay to focus on some things and just decide that there's some things that you're not going to learn. And to give you some hope, um, the board exams, so like, you know, like once you're board certified, you have to like retake the exam every so often. Um, right. So more and more groups. So now the American Board of Family Medicine, my board exam is open book. Of course so, it is. Of course it is. Yes. That's so, awesome. Okay. <laughs> so every, every three months I get 25 questions. Um, I only get five minutes per question. So, you know, but again, it's like, if one of them is on antifungals, I'll look at my resource. And if I don't know it, I don't know it. And I'm just going to miss that one. And that's okay. Um, So um, I I think 
more people in medical education are starting to realize um, that you need to know how to think, you need to know how to quickly access your resources, uh, but you don't have to know everything, and that's okay. That's definitely something that has pushed me totally out of my comfort zone since starting school. I used to really rip my hair out about, you know, not knowing enough or, oh my gosh, I'm going to fail step one because I can't, you know, remember everything about this disease. So you will, you will never, like nobody has ever gotten a perfect step one score, right? Like, right. So you're never going to know everything. Um, and that doesn't mean that you should just be like, well, I'm just not going to learn biochemistry. Um, At all. <laughs> but if, if, if there is a thing that you just really struggle with, then that's just a thing that you really struggle with and it's okay. Um, so, you know, again, like antifungals, if you look back to weeks that you were learning antifungals, it was probably even still a very small part of what you learned. Um, in the grand scheme. So, gotcha. Yeah, in the grand scheme. Yeah. It's very small. 70% aim for passing. 70%. I'm going to keep that. I'm going to hold you to it. If I end up being, you know, knocked off as a physician, I'll be knocking at your door. Awesome. Sounds fabulous. (laughs) If you get 70% and nobody wants you, then let me know. Um, So yeah, uh, you know, nobody's ever going to be excellent in everything. Um, So you've got to be, you've got to be competent in everything. And then you get to choose what you're excellent in. So I, I am competent in antifungals. I know where to look. Um, Okay. But like, if you have a fungal infection, do not come find me. On the other hand, if you need birth control, happy to help. I know (laughs) a crap ton about birth control. Uh, Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, the last question that I have is what would you like to be known or remembered for? I know it's kind of a toughie. I know it is. Um, so, I mean, I will say that, um, like most important to me is that, um, my husband knows that we have built a life that we have made the world a better place. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's important to me that I support him in, in doing what he does best and that he supports me in doing what I do best. Um, so, um, you know, I, I want, I want us to know together that we build a good life. Um, and then, um, I want my daughter to know that she was loved by me. Um, and so I think she knows that now. Um, and you know, I don't, I don't even care if she's proud of what I do as a doctor or anything like that. Um, but I just want her to know that she was loved by me. And then I think as a physician, um, so, um, you know, I mentioned I was cleaning out my stuff and I have, you know, all these wonderful cards that I've gotten from patients and doctors. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I, I, I just want to know that there were people that because I cared about them, because I just took that extra minute to express their care and concern that their lives were better. Um, and so, um, and I, I have already done that. So, you know, for me, it's like, if tomorrow I couldn't practice medicine anymore, tomorrow I got hit by a bus. Um, I know my husband and I have done our best lives. I know my daughter feels loved. Um, I know I've impacted people's lives. So everything that I do moving forward is just gravy. So keep all that stuff going. Wow. That is so fulfilling. I think it's, I mean, I personally haven't, you know, gotten into my career and accomplished things that I want to, but it is really nice to hear that even though medicine is, you know, so demanding and you feel like there's so many boxes that we want to check off, you can still, even though you just helped one person, it, it can be enough and their satisfaction and their gratitude towards you helping them is just everything to change their life. Well, and you don't need to wait until you're the attending, 
Um, you know, and that's, I, um, part of what I've loved about having students with me in clinic is that, you know, you can start to impact people's lives even as a student. Um, and you know, you can really do deep, meaningful things. You know, it's amazing how many people just want somebody to listen to them. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, you know, if you just take the time and sit, um, that can have a huge profound impact on somebody's life. Um, especially somebody that's hurt or scared or has been hurt by the healthcare community in the past, um, or, you know, has, has something that makes them undesirable. Um, so, um, you don't have to do something big. Um, you can just be present. Um, so yeah. That is such good advice because it's so easy to yeah. care about another person right. and, you know, to just take a minute to, how are you doing? And not yeah. so, okay, well you have diabetes and you have hypertension and we need to get this done and you need to go do yeah. it and we need to be done with it. Yeah. So, and it's, um, you know, one of my advice that I give to clerkship students is, um, you know, you will see way fewer patients than any other doctor that you're going to work with. Um, and so it is your job to know your patient. Um, and I, I personally, and I know this may not be true for every medical student and for every physician, I am way more interested in a person than in a disease. Um, And so um, if you make it your job to know every single thing about the people that are entrusted to you, um, you will be really smart um, and you'll be really well-liked and really well-respected and you'll do good work. Um, And, you know, I, I, I would much rather know everything that I need to know for the people that are interested in my care than know everything about a, a disease. Um, Cause I just, I'm not super interested in diseases, um, oh, but I'm super interested in people um, yeah. and super interested in how to help them. And that's what really matters in medicine, right? Like, yeah. yes, we are focusing on disease, but we're doing it to help the person yeah. and to help them live their best life and live their healthiest life. Yeah. So, yeah, there was wow. a, um, in Liz Gilbert's book that I talked about earlier, she, mm-hmm. um, she talks about a professor in uh, front, front of a group of botanists said, um, do you guys love the earth? And everybody said, yes. Um, and then okay. he said, do you believe earth loves you back? Um, and nobody said anything. Um, and she talked about that um, for writing, but I really think about that for medicine. Um, okay. Like I, I truly love medicine. I went, I went to medical school because I enjoy the study of the human body and I enjoy helping people. And my guess is that the vast majority of medical students are in that exact same space. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you believe that the human body loves you back? And that as much as you want to heal the humans around you, that the humans around you want to heal themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that we're all working towards equilibrium and wholeness. Um, and so the knowledge that you're learning now is equipping you to move into that world and equipping you to move into that space. Um, and I, I think the more that you can remember how cool the human body really is and how cool all of the pharmacology, even the antifungals are, um, <laughs> that, you know, it's, it's far more rewarding um, than studying for a number on a test because um, no, none of us are studying for numbers on a test. We're all studying for people. Right. Some people are probably studying for the numbers on the test. Um, yeah, but meh, screw them, you know. Yeah. I think okay. those people have tuned out a long time ago. So No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they don't care about our opinions anyway. No, no they don't care. Gotcha. 
Well, uh, thank you so much for doing this interview and giving some really great insight and great answers onto your life and your life in medicine. And if you had any advice to give the listeners, what would you, it could be just general advice. It doesn't have to be anything in medicine. It can be whatever you want. So um, my biggest advice is to be you. Um, So um, I, you are a unique force in this world and you were perfectly created regardless of whether you believe whether that was an external creator or nature or evolution um, whatever your personal beliefs you were uniquely created to be in this body in this time in this world um, and you will impact this world in exactly the way that you are supposed to as long as you continue to be you. Um, And it is far easier to be an outstanding, wonderful, fabulous version of yourself um, than to be anything else. So I think the the sooner that you can embrace all that is fabulous about yourself um, and um, work to be your best version. um, And, you know, I, so I will just say like my, my dad's vision for myself is that I'm a dermatologist that moves to Defiance, Ohio. Um, (laughs) And, um, you know, there, there's certainly a lot. Other people in my family are like, why do I have a career instead of just staying at home and taking care of my baby? So Mm -hmm. um, I don't think there's anybody that's happy with the way that I've chosen to live my life. Um, And everybody has had a lot of questions, but um, my goal is just to be the best Miranda that I can possibly be. And that's when I feel at my best. Um, so my, um, I have a sister that's 17 years younger than me and she has a tattoo on the inside of her hand, um, that says, be you bravely. Um, Ooh, okay. and I like, that's, that's, that's yeah. my life. Right. So like, yeah, that's it. Just, just be you and it's going to be hard and it's going to suck. And, um, you're going to have to be courageous. Um, but it's better than trying to be anybody else. Absolutely. Well, yeah. thank you so much for all of everything for today. Honestly, this was such a great first interview. I was honored to have you on the show. No problem. Thanks for asking me. Okay. So that was it for the first episode. Again, I really hope that you guys enjoyed this podcast. Thank you again for listening. I'm really glad that you decided to make this podcast a part of your day, wherever you are. Enjoy the rest of I don't know if it's day or night or morning, but whatever time that you have left in the day, I hope you enjoy it. Bye.